Hey everyone, just a little note that the episode you're about to listen was recorded about two weeks ago, um, and just because we haven't really had time to, to edit it until now, um, it's taken a little bit longer, but we really hope you enjoy this episode that I got to record with my friend Cass, and uh, apologies for uh, the additional time it took before we released the episode. Now, let's get to the show. Welcome to Layout, a weekly podcast about design, technology, and everything else. This week, I'm joined by uh, my Montreal Design Club co-host, Gaston Jenkins, where we talk about organizing events, some tips from working from home, and I also touch on uh, my move and making pizza and all sorts of other things. So without further ado, let's get to the show. So today I am joined by uh, someone that's very special. Uh, she's a longtime friend of mine, and she's also a listener of Layout. She's a super talented designer. Uh, her name is Cassandra Jenkins. So welcome to the show. Hello. <laughs> uh, and I want to thank you so much, Cass, for, for joining me today, because um, Rafa couldn't make it. Um, and so Cass offered to step in kind of last minute, uh, jump in, uh, to this podcast. But, um, while you might be new to layout, uh, you're pretty, you're pretty good with the podcasts lately, right? Yes. And I have to mention, I've been wanting to come on here because I've been mentioned a few times. So now people have like true. a voice with all the mentions. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. Like for Rafa and I, like it really feels like a lot of people who listen to the show are part of the show because we hear so much from all of you who reach out to us like over DMs or even like a lot of personal friends of mine who just like listen and then we'll just like let me know either in person or again just like through iMessage or something. Um, that's funny. Like, for me, like, you're part of the show, even if you're not here every week. It's just... Anyways, it, it's it's maybe inside baseball, but uh, <laughs> now you're actually on the show for real. Uh, and it's yes. about th- damn time. So, yeah, very happy about this. I'm really happy to be here. Of course, I'm not <laughs> Rafa. I'm super different. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I have to say, your podcast probably... Um, motivated me to do the design club podcast that I'm now doing uh pretty like I'm I'm doing pretty good because I've been posting every Monday for the last five Mondays so I'm getting there and you know what I love doing it because I love talking so it's, <laughs> it's perfect that's good okay so let's rewind I just yes. want to make sure that everyone knows uh about the design club so basically We've talked about it a little bit on the show before, but if you didn't listen to this episode, if you're new to the show, uh, I started like forever ago this event series that's called uh, Montreal Design Club. And uh, I started, I did a few events, and then that's where I met Cass. And Cass was like the most enthusiastic <laughs> person I have ever met in my entire life. Um, and I remember like when you showed up, uh, at the event, you like kind of had your entire 
entourage of people that you kind of brought with you. Yeah. Um, and we had a conversation. And I was like, damn, that person's really nice. Like, she's super motivated. And, like, I'm just, like, talking to her gets me really excited. Um, so I was like, oh, it'd be cool, you know, maybe have more conversations or do something in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then so we got to talking. And then you were, like, super on board with the idea of jumping on board. Uh, with helping organizing the events uh, and so I was like yeah let's do it let's let's make it happen uh, and through that you became my co-founder and now like honestly so much of the design club uh, runs through you basically like I don't you know you've started so many initiatives that I'm not even like as part of anymore uh, they're kind of like taking charge on and like really leading uh, so it's been super fun to kind of like watch you watch you grow and take this and like I don't feel like it's just my thing anymore like I feel like it's our kind of baby mm-hmm. um, that um, we're working on together so it's been it's been super fun so what do we what we do is we organize events uh, for designers of all kinds so it's not just product designers it's also like architecture and it's also um, like fashion design and illustration and so on and so forth it's really super open to all kinds of disciplines of design and i think it's super fun because we actually get to hear from different perspectives Mm. um even though like we do a lot of work for like web and and brands and stuff like that um so what you're talking about is the design club podcast so we've been doing events for a while and can you like tell me a little bit about what your kind of drive for wanting to start the design club podcast was yeah so we i remember um when we used to meet all the the designers that would do um that would speak at the montreal design club we would always meet them beforehand and like we would grab a coffee with them and i remember specifically one event um, with Mathieu Lachapelle from Dinette Magazine and uh, Eliane uh, Cadieux from B-Side Magazine. And we went to a coffee shop and we talked for literally three hours. We we had so much fun. And the only thought I had in my mind the whole time was like, oh my God, I wish we could have recorded this and so people could hear because it was so interesting. And we talked about subjects that uh, I personally think should be heard so for me it was just um it was just an idea of well maybe then we could talk to designers um more and then like I have like romantic way but that's not what I wanted (laughs) to say in like an intimate way (laughs) and then because I said romantic it's kind of weird (laughs) <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, what we realized, I think, too, was that there's a huge difference between like being on stage and mm-hmm. the kind of vulnerability that you can expose when you're standing in front of, you know, a hundred something people yeah. versus being, you know, in a room like one on one conversation. We saw that sort of like disconnect sometimes. Um, and we felt like a lot of those one-on-one conversations were a lot more powerful and a lot more meaningful than like the super staged, like super heavily produced kind of version, um, that people were doing as a talk. And I still think there's a lot of room for these kinds of things. Like, I think it's, 
super fun and I really enjoyed the events um, and it connects people together in a way that it's a little bit harder to do for a podcast but um, but I do think that there was something that we were missing and we were looking for um, in doing that podcast and honestly like you've yeah how many episodes have you done so far so um, there's gonna be an, another one that comes out next Monday and I think we're now at seven so it's pretty good nice yeah and there's a, a few more coming up and I think what you were talking about um, not all designers are made to do talks like not all designer like to be honest we're all nerds to be like when you're a designer you're kind of a nerd so it's not made for everyone to to talk in front of a stage so sometimes it's just easier to to be able to talk to someone um outside of of an event And then they can really be real and we can have like longer conversations. So, but we still have events and um, talking about those events, we even are now international. So I was in Marseille in the south of France for almost three and a half weeks. I was supposed to be there for a week. And then my dad called me and he's like, There's a huge snowstorm. Don't come back. And I'm like, okay, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna push my flight to in in two weeks. So yeah, I left. I left. Um, I came back. Sorry, a week ago. Um, and uh, yeah, and then we made the first Marseille Design Club, which was incredible. I'm so so proud of Lucille, who is the founder of of Marseille Design Club. And then next week we have. The first event of Ottawa Design Club, which is also like two amazing women. I'm so proud of them. And like they've been working so hard. So, yeah, it's been really cool. And to see like I know like you've been kind of mentoring me through it for the last year and a half, two years. And now I kind of have to mentor to other people and that's like a whole other journey like I remember when Rafa was talking about how like he made the switch to like lead a team and now I kind of kind of get it now because there's <laughs> it's a whole bunch of it's different <laughs> it is hard right like and so the reason why I want to talk about these things is like one the podcast it's available for everyone yeah. like you can listen all around the world so it's like it's relevant to you Two, we're doing these kind of international events now and opening up new chapters. And who knows, maybe as a result of this, we hear from some people that are like, hey, like, I'd also love to lead a chapter. Hey, you know, yeah. I'm just saying, reach out. Reach out. <laughs> we, yeah, sure. We'll see. Uh, we can help you out. Um, but I also think that one of the things that I want to share with people is sort of like... Uh, open people's eyes to like how hard it is to organize and host events. Yeah. Like, I don't think people see that. Like if you go to any meetups, like go find the organizer and hug them. Like, you know what? They I, put so I did much that. time <laughs> into, they put so much time into like creating this space for everyone to have a good time and curate like great content. Um, that it's it's really something that at least to me like 
we we don't make any money out of it like we literally just do it for fun and like you talk about how all of us designers are all kind of nerds like why why do we do things we do the we do it because we love what we do and we want to share it with other people um mm. and so like maybe i don't know i'd be curious to to hear your thoughts but like uh hear you t- talk about sort of the the stuff that goes behind organizing all these events so and and because like i know a lot of like how we do we did things in montreal like maybe you can talk about like how was the journey of organizing that event in uh, marseille oh my god (laughs) yeah that was a whole other thing um just to be honest um we went to other events in marseille and i because you were talking about it i remember i after the event, I went to see the organizer and I literally told him, look, you're doing an incredible job. I know what it is to make events and you're doing amazingly good job. And like, yeah. you could see the stars in his eyes, like, oh, thank you so much. Cause no one really, really goes to see the organizers. They all go see the, the people who did the talks and stuff. So yeah. So what was the process like? How did you get started with the event? So first of all, we've been planning this event since August um, with Lucille. So the whole branding process is is a while. The whole like opening accounts for Eventbrite and the Facebook and Instagram and all of that is a lot of work. Um, all the marketing stuff is a lot of work. Um, then creating all the backdrops for everything um, and then finding sponsors, finding places, finding speakers is a whole thing that I didn't I didn't even know um, was that hard because we we were always it was always easy in Montreal because people are nice <laughs> and what do you mean? Well, aren't the people in Marseille nice? Yes, too? yes, yes. I'm not gonna say no because, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're amazing. It's just there's another way of it's more businessy, I would say. Um, so Lucille kind of, kind of, it was funny because she said, like French people are kind of like leeches, <laughs> so they have like a hard, a hard like skin, but once you go inside, it's kind of sweet and nice. And here we're like in Canadians, we're the complete opposite. So we're kind of like soft and sweet on the outside. And then on the inside, we're like a little more rough and a little more like closed. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, it was really hard to to make that switch. Uh, But, yeah, the whole process of of um, like you said, we kind of had a baby and to kind of like let it go and let it let it become its own thing in another country was a whole process for me because I've been so into like we've literally have seen each other last year every single week because we were we had to to plan the events so for me to be in 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 the event and have no part of it but it still says Marseille Design Club was kind of kind of insane for me it's a new thing of just kind of trying to lead and not trying to overstep into anything because you don't like you still want them to 
to do their own thing. So I kind of I kind of saw what you were talking about and how you treated me. Well, I kind of had to do the same. Right. Nice. But yeah, so just to give people an idea too, like when we do events in Montreal, it typically takes us about two months to organize uh, a single event. And like through that, it's like a lot of it is meeting people and uh, kind of like screening potential speakers. And like one, one thing that's always been super important to us is really just kind of wanting to find interesting people that really have something to say, a story to tell that hasn't been told before. Because mm. there's like, we could have done, you know, like have had talks from people that have done a million talks before and they're just kind of doing the same thing over and over. But that's not really what we wanted. We really wanted to like put the spotlight on people that you don't really hear from a lot mm. uh, and that have that unique take, that have that unique perspective um and so like that does require us to work a little bit harder but i think it's been so worth it and that's why people like come to our events every month mm-hmm. um but it's definitely been uh been a been a challenge for sure yeah but i i i realized that the reward during the event is so is is so intense and so nice that like the day of the event you realize why you worked so hard to do all of that so yeah I still I still love doing it and uh-huh. now that I have kind of a new role I love it even more so at least I work from home so it's I kind of feel better about it <laughs> right So that's one thing that I actually wanted to talk about is like as this coronavirus spreads, more and more companies are actually telling their employees, just stay at home. Yeah. Don't come to work. Just stay at home. Work from home. And uh, hopefully that will help like prevent the virus from spreading. Finally, and, people want remote work. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like finally. And I think more contracts for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and for a lot of, of companies that didn't have these kind of policies in place now they're sort of being forced to to address it yeah um and i think in a weird way like if anything positive can come out of <laughs> that thing um would be that it like it opens companies up to the the idea that hey we're in 2020 now it's totally fine to be able to ro- work from wherever you are in the world yeah um But I do know that working from home versus working in an office, like, has a lot of different challenges mm-hmm. that can be really tough to adapt to unless you're you're equipped or you have the the, the right resources or you have the right kind of like advice. Um, and so I'm kind of the oh the worst person to talk about it because I work in an office every day. But mm-hmm. uh, you're working freelance and you're working from home. So yes. I was curious if you had any sort of like tips or learnings from that time uh, that you like, I don't know how long you've been working from home, but for a little while now, um, stuff that you've learned that you could share with our listeners yeah. that could help them if they have to start working from home. Mm-hmm. So one thing, um, I've been working from home for about... Uh, a year uh, no not a year since august officially so and one thing that um i had a lot of problems uh 
is that it's really lonely because I literally live alone uh, in a loft. So it can get really lonely. And once you work in in your apartment alone, it could it can also become stressful because you forget to take breaks and all of that. Um, there's a lot of, of misconceptions around freelancers. They like people think we work in our pajamas and like are kind of lazy, but we were probably the like people that work the most. Um, yeah. Cause and, and a lot of people now want to be freelancers, but realize that it looks nice, but um, you kind of have to, it's not just you're not just doing design you're also doing admin that you weren't doing before so that's another thing that you you literally have a business if you work from home well it depends because i know like rafa works from home and uh he's in a company but because i'm a freelancer um it you kind of have to also take care of of a lot of of other things but i think a few tips is to stay in contact with designers. So go to events. I'm not doing a shout out for Montreal Design Club or anything, but I'm literally saying like, try to have a community or people that are in freelance that you can talk to and relate to and ask for advice or um, have contacts that are there. Because sometimes as a freelancer for me, When I'm sick, like I was sick in January, well, people were were asking me uh, for for my work and I had to give the work to someone else. But at least I didn't lose my client because I could refer to someone else because I had a community that was there of people that are in freelance also. So that's, I think one of my biggest tips is to stay in contact with people and also when you do boring stuff it's okay to go to a co-work or a coffee shop like sometimes when I have to do my bills and stuff like that I'll like purposefully go to a nice Instagrammable coffee shop uh-huh. <laughs> just to, and then people work around me so it's kind of like less boring and then you can post a nice picture in the coffee shop and then pretend that your life is perfect when it's not. So, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, I love working in coffee shops when I have to do like boring stuff. Um, And uh, yeah, I think the podcast also try to, like I try to have a hobby, uh, a passion that I can work for and get money from and then a passion that stays a passion that is that I don't have to be stressed about and it's still it's it doesn't give me money so I'm not I can be a hundred percent creative and that's the podcast so mm-hmm. yeah yeah I love the idea of like trying to find stuff that kind of like still make your daily routine a little bit different and finding ways to connect with people. So in this coronavirus world, like <laughs> you may may not want to go yeah. to the fancy coffee shop, but I've definitely like heard of some people who do like a morning kind of like Google Hangout chat mm, with that's good. whether it's friends or other freelancers or coworkers. And there's no specific agenda. Like it's not really a meeting, but it's kind of like everyone has their coffee together and kind of like chit chats. Mm. Um, and it's kind of a way to to make it feel less lonely and i think that's something that 
Rafa was talking about on Twitter is saying like how it like kind of creates this like anxiety and stress and and loneliness for people that are like not necessarily used to staying home for for long stretches of time. Yeah. And I think we all need to recognize kind of like that this is not only like a health issue, it's also like ties into like the economy and mental health as well. And yeah. Mental health is so easy to forget about or push aside, um, but we really need to get better at like recognizing like mental health issues and challenges are real issues and challenges, and like they should be the first on our list, not the last. Yeah, especially in winter months, like in December, January, February, March, all of that. Especially like in Canada. I think the fact that I went to um, a sunny place probably <laughs> helped me a lot. Um, but I remember during those times, like you look outside and there's snow everywhere. And the last thing you want to do is go outside. But so it's easy to kind of like get into your 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 cocoon and not get out. So like you said, maybe a hangout could be good. Um, yesterday I went to see, uh, Isabelle from, from Ottawa Design Club and we made a podcast and we talked about being freelancers. So if ever you want more tips, it's going to come out next Monday. I'm doing a shout out because it's literally what we talked about. Um, and nice. another thing I think is that is stressful for freelancers in particular, um, is that like sometimes it's nice to to talk to other freelancers and see um, is is this uh, contract that I'm I'm submitting good is it enough money is it not enough money and because we don't really talk about it it's 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 cool to have someone that you can talk to um, and ask like okay I need to do a branding is this okay for me to ask my client. So, yeah, have contacts, people. <laughs> <laughs> How would you say that people should find contacts in, like, a non-physical way? Um, so, so you're, like, someone who's listening to the show and you're like, hey, you know, I've discovered the show, I like it, you know, but I don't really know any other people. Mm -hmm. Who should I talk to? Like, how should I build my network? So, for sure, if, if, uh, if you live in Montreal or... or Ottawa or Marseille, like design clubs are the best, the best thing to meet people. But outside, I would say um, maybe groups, I guess. I don't know. Instagram. Uh, I've met, we've met people through Instagram that are really cool that I've even had jobs um, from Instagram because I liked, we liked a, a cool Instagram and I started to work with them. So I think that's the best way. And I know um, there's a YouTube channel called Yes Theory. And they have groups on Facebook. And you can literally ask, hey, I'm a designer. I'm looking for friends. Is there people here around me? So that's a good way. If not, Isabelle was talking about uh, this, this really cool app called Shaper that uh, she met Sergio one of our uh one of our uh, volunteer at Montreal Design Club and uh she she networked through that app 
So, yeah. Hmm. What is Shaper? It's an app. It's kind of like Tinder before for entrepreneurs to meet each other. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Nice. I would know because I didn't really use it. She more, she talked about it more in the podcast, so I I don't know exactly, but I've heard it from different entrepreneurs that told me that they they met people through that app. So, yeah, I'm probably going to try to use it. Nice. Cool. Yeah. Maybe I'll try I'll try it too. And we'll do a challenge. We'll, we'll yeah. get back to the podcast and, and tell people how we felt about it. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. Another thing that's really, really cool is that you moved. Yeah. So, I mean, spe speaking of staying home. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So we've talked about it on the podcast last. I was gonna say last week, but last episode, um, we've been having like a really erratic recording schedule. Like a lot of it was my fault um, because I was moving, and so. Now it's finally quote unquote over. Um, I had like packed all my boxes, had everything moved. I used a moving company. And it was great, honestly. Like not having to wow. like, move all the boxes and bring all the furniture. It was just fantastic. Because I've heard like um, nightmare stories from. I know, and that's why I was like really scared about it. But I talked to so many people and uh, got their recommendations of like the best ones that they've used and i gotta say we got really good service do so, you want to name drop yeah. or eh, i don't know if people care that much okay um, <laughs> but if you're in montreal and you're curious let me like send me a dm or something okay let you know um but uh yeah so the move itself was actually pretty good pretty straightforward like pretty awesome mm. uh love the new area uh, i used to live in old port of, Mon of montreal and it's notorious for not having any grocery stores nearby yes uh, and that gets real old real fast <laughs> um and so now this new apartment has literally has like a, a grocery store across the street from it uh mm -hmm. so it's super nice uh and it's also much bigger than my old apartment was so i actually get a real office now uh which is fun mm -hmm. and hopefully it doesn't come come in handy in the next few weeks and i don't have to work from here but if i do then i'll have it uh but i i have to say like sh like finalizing this apartment and like completing all the stuff that is needed is one hell of a project yeah <laughs> like, fine. Like, there's just so many things this is a brand new construction so obviously like you know can't be complaining but uh, there's just so many things you don't really think about that you need like i realized the other day that i don't have like a, a holder for like toilet paper for example or like <laughs> hooks uh, to put like towels or like just random little things that you just need and you know i've been in apartments for for a while and like these things just come out of the box with the apartment um whereas here it's like oh no like i have to get everything from scratch mm. so i'm doing a lot of research on like all these little things and i in typical kevin fashion i'm way overthinking all these choices and being super like paranoid about it and and wanted to like make sure that i get the very best thing for every single thing i get 
Yeah. Uh, which means it's going to take a long time. But um, but I do enjoy it. Like, it, it is fun getting this sort of, like, blank canvas. Um, we did move a lot of our furniture from the old apartment into this one. So, like, some of it is, is pretty straightforward of just, like, pl- like putting our, our current furniture. But uh, there's a lot of new spaces that we need to design and, and figure out the way that they're going to look, the way they're going to work. Um, one thing that I, I found funny is like without really realizing it, I kind of have a design system for my apart my apartment <laughs> and how it looks, in the kind of like finishes that I'm using and the kind of like materials and color schemes and all of that. So it is actually pretty funny. Like it it ends up being like very consistent, <laughs> um, but it's just kind of like it's not really intentional, but it's just the stuff I like. So. Did you have uh, to like good. buy everything, like your your stove and your fridge and all of that, or so all of that stuff comes with the apartment? Mm-hmm. And but I have to say, <laughs> this is technically a good thing, but also kind of a bad thing. So <laughs> that, that was the thing I was looking forward to the least. Of uh, you come here, and obviously it's it's a brand new construction, so you can customize a lot of things. But stuff like the the oven and the fridge, these things are pretty set. Um, so I like come here and it's like, well, let's see what kind of UI these things have. <laughs> and oh my goodness. <laughs> I I will get used to it, but I can't say that I love it. <laughs> Why? For, for now. Okay, so the stove is kind of built into the countertop. And it's using buttons for setting the different, like, the sort of temperature or not. I don't know how you call it, but, like, the intensity of, like, the different, like, stove elements. Um, And it's, like, you basically have next to each stove, you have plus buttons. So, say you wanted to put it to max. The maximum is nine. So, you have to do, like... Plus, 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 plus. And you want to turn it off, you have to do like minus, 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 minus. It's honestly like it's fine, but it's so impractical. Like having a dial that I can turn immediately would be so much nicer. And then the oven has kind of the opposite problem where it has dials for temperature. So I like turn the dial to the time temperature i want and so i i don't know if the like there's a problem with my stove or it's just like that's how the ui is but there's not really any indicator of what the current temperature of the oven is there's only an indicator of like the ideal temperature you want it to be Mm. so you kind of have to like know to start it a bit ahead of time but then you kind of have to guess that it seems like that's at the temperature that I need it to be, but who knows? Yeah. Uh, so there's a lot of weird little like UI things. Well, uh, my stove here. is awful for that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> do you want to tell the story? I can if you want. <laughs> so sure. the first time Kevin came to my apartment, it was the day of my birthday, and. Um, <laughs> We wanted to make black cupcakes because, of course, it's it's like black cupcakes. It's a design thing. So um, 
we were setting up everything to make the cupcakes. So we put like everything on my stove. And then Kev was like, okay, you need to preheat your stove. So I opened the stove. But my stove is kind of made in a way where the last... Uh, how do I say this? The, sa- the last round on the, the stove kind of has right. like an open hole to let like the heat out. But we didn't know this. <laughs> and like oh even God. even after like one year of living there i didn't even notice because like i don't know i didn't i didn't even notice and so (laughs) kevin turns to me and he's like it kind of smells like burnt and i'm like "Ah." so i lift up everything on the stove and there was this big bag of flour so we lift up the bag of flour and then there's flour that comes out and goes everywhere inside my stove everywhere on the countertops everywhere like in the little tiny like spaces and every there were literally to this day i still find flour um, oh no <laughs> and i remember literally kevin had to like go inside my stove to try to take off like all the flour inside and then we had to do it kind of quickly because there was people that that were coming over so yeah that was that was one of the intense stories of my apartment. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. Boy, <laughs> <laughs> part threat. Um, so yeah. Anyways, that's that is my apartment. I really like it. It turned out a lot of it like turned out the way that I wanted to. Hmm. Uh, it was so hard to tell because I couldn't visit this place before because it was I bought it when it was like they didn't even start. You bought it like yet. three years ago, right? Yeah, so long ago. Honestly, I don't know if I would go through this process again because it takes so long. Uh, well, but you're probably going to stay here, here for a while. <laughs> yeah, like now that it's here, I'm really happy about it. And I think it's I think it's fun. And I can't wait to have people over. Uh, it's going to be great. So um, I don't know if people are interested in like if you have any questions or like, uh, you know, any listeners want to know like about certain stuff like if you're looking at at you're moving to a new place and need need advice or thoughts on uh uh, you know interior design or like home stuff like i'm i'm looking into all that stuff right now i don't have a lot of stuff that i can share at the moment because i'm still doing a lot of research but uh feel free to ask me your questions and then in future episodes we'll definitely try to answer those um but yeah, so it's it's fun getting this kind of fresh start and and just starting over and and just designing this place to be just the way we want it. I can't wait to see how it like soon. Yeah. <laughs> nice, cool. So speaking of, of cooking, I think we can get into the side dishes segment of the show. <laughs> uh, and wh- that was one thing that I really wanted to talk about last week with Rafa. But we just had to cut from the show because it was getting really late. Rafa was really tired. And one thing people have to know is there's a time difference. So for me, right now, say it's like 7 p.m. But for Rafa, it's much later because Amsterdam time zone. I I had to deal with that when I was in France because I realized like I would call my dad at 1 p.m. and realize that it's 5 in the morning for him. And I'm like, (laughs) oh, no, I can't can't call him now. (laughs) So I get it. Yeah, so time zones, uh, very annoying. <laughs> but uh, so one of the things that I've became obsessed with recently is making homemade pizza, and for me that really just started with because we'd always make 
homemade pizza every now and then but we'd always get the store dough mm-hmm. like in the, at the supermarket or something and i was always so dissatisfied with that kind of dough because it's never really like good pizza dough it's just very average um so i was like surely that there's a way that we can make our own pizza dough and you know it surely has it has to be better from what you can get in the store Mm. so i looked up some recipes of course i followed the recipe in uh, bon appetit i also watched the uh the video series on like ba's like making the the perfect pizza or something like that nice and uh that was insightful but like their kind of pizza is so over the top like complicated that it didn't really make sense for me as a beginner to get it uh so i tried like first the first one to just do like the normal dough that they do in the bon appetit article um and it was better than the store but it was it was still very very crispy like it was the the dough like once cooked was like pretty hard um so i was like yeah like it's not really what i'm looking for mm. you want like a and real so, italian thing yeah yeah i wanted to be like you go to a restaurant and this is the pizza you get mm-hmm. i want i want to be able to make that <clears throat> so i asked people for advice on twitter the way i always do anything um <laughs> uh, and i had a lot of people reach out to me um one one person never morgan just kind of like jumped in and i was like hey like please send me pictures of your your pizza i will like i can coach you through like this thing and try to diagnose what your problems are uh and we had like a, a long like back and forth on like i was just like asking him for input and advice on things and that's been super helpful um i've talked to some people from work uh about it and some of them gave me insightful advice basically i would sort of boil it down to a a handful of things number one is um use type zero flour which is like the what's that it's basically you can order it on amazon it, it's kind of like the italian flour that they use for pizza um and from my understanding is that it's milled really finely and that makes it better somehow <laughs> i don't know how but it does okay uh number two when you're cooking your pizza you want it to be cooked at like as high a temperature as you can and so like you have to set your oven to the maximum you can and actually preheat it for like an hour what? before you put the pizza in. Yeah, because uh, that actually like increases the heat of your oven. And when, you know, you go to a store, like they have these wood ovens, these ovens, like the temperature in there is super, super high. And it's that high temperature that's going to make, create those bubbles. Um then the next thing you want is you want a pizza stone, which helps with the heat. So the pizza stone, you just leave it in the oven you while you preheat and it gets really, really hot. Um, so like even things like putting, taking the pizza, uh, you know, from say you, you put it in like a normal like pan or something like that um, and put it in the, the oven, that is enough to make the temperature drop. 
so you want to preheat your your oven like an hour before when you're making the dough. One of the things that a uh, friend and listener of the show, uh, Darren uh, Dimitrioff, messaged me about is about hydration, which is a new thing that I that I learned for pizza. Basically, the hydration is the percentage of water compared to flour that you put in your pizza dough. Hmm. And what a lot of people say is the ideal hydration is about 60%. So 60% water versus like essentially 100% flour. Um, the problem though uh, that uh, Darren was talking about and he sent me like some links to some resources is that in the process of making the dough, you go from, if you start with 60% hydration by the end, because you're adding some flour, you're like pressing it down with your hands, you're actually reducing the hydration. So by the time you're done, the hydration is maybe like 50 or 40%, which is definitely not enough. And so uh, the one that I did was about 75% hydration. You can even go to 80% hydration. So you just basically put a lot more water, which is going to make your dough way stickier, but it's going to make it like a lot softer and not going to have that like really like hard kind of shell. Mm. Um, And so we did that. Um, The best thing you can do is make your dough like two days ahead of time. Um, When we made it, we didn't do that. We did it on the, the day of. It was fine, but all the articles online say that the longer your your dough has to like expand, uh, the better. So mm. hey, if you can be a little bit ahead of, of time, do that. Why not? Um, and does it and change? I, does it change if you add like more things on it or less? Or because like I guess if you put like more vegetables the 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 dough must take like more time to t- to cook than if you just put cheese yeah like i'm not i'm not to that level of expertise <laughs> yet but there's definitely like a level of moisture of the elements you put on the the pizza that has an effect on this uh but i would say for me i didn't really take that into consideration too too much Uh, and ended up with a result that I liked. But definitely, like, the next level is, like, really thinking long and hard about the kind of stuff you put on your pizza and what are the things that are going to add moisture and see, like, basically do your do your own tests of how much of that stuff you can put on a pizza. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so, and then the last thing I would say, I think the actually the last two things is one, Don't use a rolling pin for your pizza because it will destroy all the bubbles. You have to do it with your hands, like real Italians. And then two, um, oh, there's like a, I'll have a link in the show notes, but there is a, if you're using a regular oven, it's like you want to do almost like half of the cooking in like normal baking and then the other half in like broil mode, which is going to like, be even hotter than normal heat um and so you can do like half and half um and that actually makes it like even crispier and you'll get that sort of like leopard print that you want of like these little like black dots and you'll get these like night really nice bubbles and it's gonna be like super soft and chewy and amazing honestly 
I when we made this pizza, like it was the very best pizza, homemade pizza we've ever had in our life. Like it was so close to the to the restaurant, and then like from there you can experiment with like lots of different toppings and everything. But mm. I feel like I'm pretty happy with where I ended up at. So I'll try to put all of these resources in the show notes. So if you're thinking of making your your pizza, you have kind of like all the sort of right pointers um and uh and yeah hopefully that that can help you like i really recommend honestly if you like pizza try to make it yourself mm-hmm. it's so much fun and um uh, you can make really really solid like really good pizza on your own um hmm. it's just like yeah like i it, it's just, i feel like if i didn't have all these people on twitter that were, like really helped me out and gave me these different resources i wouldn't maybe not have been able to like kind of piece everything together. Um, but once you do it, it's really great. Hmm. Well, now I'm, I'm so hungry, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm like, it's super interesting. Cause I've never, well, like I said, I've, I, the only time I made my own pizza was when I, I bought the dough at the grocery store. I never actually made the dough. So yeah. Cool, super cool i'm i want to come to your place to make uh, a pizza <laughs> for sure nice um so another side dish uh that i wanted to talk about uh was i guess it's kind of like a recommendation but it's more of like something that i think um i guess it is a recommendation i was in france um i flew with uh british airlines And I have to say, have you ever flown with British Airlines? Not as far as I'm aware of. Okay. I don't think so. So I've I've flown with a whole bunch of different airlines, but literally British Airlines is the best airline like ever. Maybe someone had like a different experience, but like the the attention to detail is just so cool and just the hmm. fact that like when you go to an airport like when you go to um when when you're in an airplane you know like at the beginning the security thing where they tell you like the 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 exits are in the back and ta 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 and like right. the your airbag is going to come out and whatever so instead of doing the regular thing where they like the the person in the front does it they have a video that you watch and they did like a huge skit with a whole bunch of like actors from british but like all the famous actors and they made it like a funny video where they talk about like the the like all the steps that you need to to do to like the normal speech that they do when you're in in the airplane so I thought it was genius because I was listening to the video and laughing at the same time. <laughs> and for the first time, actually listening to what the video was saying, because I don't know why, but every time I get to an, like a, I, every time I get in a plane, I never really listen to what the person is saying. So, yeah, I thought it was awesome. They're also like really good with it's I know it's really stupid but I've always been scared of going to the bathroom in planes <laughs> because when you flush the flush is like super loud and I'm always scared of it well I don't know what the hell they did but the flush is not loud and it's incredible 
<laughs> that is amazing. I love that you noticed this because obviously a lot of our listeners won't don't know you very well. But yeah. <laughs> as someone who knows you, you kind of have a thing for bathrooms. I do have a thing for bathrooms. <laughs> it's it's kind of like the first thing that Cass does every time she goes somewhere is go go look at their bathroom. Yes. Yeah. So for I, sure. I love that you tried the bathroom. Yeah. Every time I go to a restaurant, I need to try the bathroom because like... It, it literally it does change if you put mm. effort towards your bathroom then you probably put more effort towards your food i don't know it's it, i'm in my head it's kind of like wine if you have a nice label the wine is probably better so uh, <laughs> yeah but yeah anyways um, so i thought it, there's little tiny things like that that i thought was really cool and also last thing um, you can be a member f- of like British Airlines, and because I was a member, uh, they had like a problem with the plane, and they they asked like, well, they changed all the members of, of British Airlines. They put them in first class, so I got to be in first class when I came back. So I thought it was nice. like super cool of them to do that. Cool. Yeah. This is like one of the super rare uh, airline appreciation yeah. <laughs> podcasts ever. <laughs> uh, so cool. Um, that's awesome. <laughs> so should we should we get to recommendations? Yeah. Well, we kind of like went into recommendations we're, at yeah, the same time. Yeah, we're kind of like easing into it. Yeah. So why don't you do your recommendation? <laughs> yeah. So I'll I'll get started. Mine is going to be very quick. So I'm sure a lot of our listeners know Brian Levin from Design Details. He's a really great designer. Um, And uh, he recently posted on his website a list of really great like product design portfolios. And I know a lot of our listeners are always kind of like thinking about portfolios, whether you're applying to a new job or you have work that you want to showcase. And I really think it's good to see kind of like, what everyone else is doing not because obviously like please don't copy any the stuff that people are doing but it can show you like how people are thinking about their work how they're presenting it and that can help you figure out what's right for you and and your work and just generally like i'm always kind of curious to see how people do it uh so there's a big long list in there of lots of different people's portfolios and so I recommend like go there, check it out, like get inspired. There's a lot of really cool work and uh, lots of talented people in general. So yeah, it's pretty nice. Cool. What about you? Um, well, I have a podcast recommendation also. Um, nice. But it's not a design podcast. Um, it's like more of a, like a lifestyle podcast. So it's mm-hmm. called On Purpose. And um, I literally love it because as a designer and also as a freelance designer, you you have the imposter syndrome a lot and you kind of like doubt yourself every time you do like a project and all of that. I'm sure everyone has been through that. Um, And in the On Purpose podcast, there's all there's always like super cool conversations, but with like different people but i love i love 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 how the host is just so 
enthusiast, enthusiastic about everything he's talking about. It's, I literally love this podcast, and every time I, I watch one of the episode, I'm always like super pumped after. I'm like, okay, let's do this this contract I need to do. So yeah, definitely recommend it if you're like down or whatever you're you're like depressed because you're inside because of the coronavirus, then watch <laughs> an episode of on purpose. <laughs> um, nice. Awesome. And a last thing that through on purpose, um, I, I discovered one of the episode of on purpose. Um, they interviewed Jada Pickett Smith, who is Will Smith's um, wife. And she has a show that's called uh, red table talk. I don't know if you know, If you know the 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 show, do you? No, I don't. Okay, so it's a show on Facebook, and um, it's really cool. It's with Jada, her mom, and her daughter. So, hmm. and they have like super deep conversations, and literally, I've binge watched the whole thing. Literally, there's three <laughs> seasons, and sometimes they all they also like interview stars and stuff. So like Alicia Keys and uh Ellen Pompeo from um from uh, uh Grey's Anatomy and uh, Snoop Dogg and like a whole bunch of of cool people. So yeah, I definitely recommend uh yeah, Red Table Talk. Nice. Awesome. Good recommendations. I'll check those out. Yeah, so that's it. <laughs> Sweet. I'm pretty proud of myself because literally for me, it's kind of like a bucket list that I can check off. Like <laughs> I've been on layout. Yay. Nice. You did it. <laughs> awesome. Very cool. So thank you so much for being here. Uh, where can people find you on the internet? Um, so definitely more on Instagram. There's a, the, my Instagram is Cassandre Jenkins. So it'll be in the show notes because my, my name is kind of long and complicated. Um, and you can also, uh, get, you can also find me on the Montreal Design Club Instagram where me and Kev see the messages. So yeah, that's pretty much it. Nice. And check out the podcast too, Design Club Podcast on all the platforms. Yes. Nice. Cool. So if you'd like to continue the discussion or like chime in on anything that we've talked about or have any topic that you'd like us to discuss in a future episode, uh, you can follow us on Twitter at LayoutFM. Like send us your, your replies, send us your DMs. We love hearing from new listeners. We'll give you a shout out on the next episode if you do. Uh, so please like don't hesitate to reach out to us. Um, you can uh, follow obviously Cass on Instagram uh, but you can also follow uh, Rafa on Twitter even though he's not on the show uh, at Rafa Hari you can follow me on Twitter I'm at Kick. and as always you can find the show notes at layout.fm uh, and I want to remind you that this show is part of the SpecFM network so if you're looking for more shows to listen uh, maybe while you're working from home you can uh go to spec.fm and check out all the great shows that are there there's a lot of really good content and a lot of really good resources for designers so check it out all right Cass, thank you so much for for coming on the show and uh i'll see you soon yeah thank you for inviting me bye bye